Guess who has a bard? It's season four of World Walkers. Hopscotch is a bard on season four of World Walkers with Layla, Harold, and Dyson. They'll stop the bad guys or die trying. Let's see what's in store on season four of World Walkers. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers a weekly D&D podcast where those who can walk between the dreaming and the waking step into their roles as something much, much bigger. The dreamwalkers find themselves cornered by a monstrous entity, seemingly from the ancient past. What's happening in the museum? And who are these new people who seem to be able to do exactly what the dreamwalkers are able to do? A few things to note about this episode. First, Wes wasn't able to join us, so he'll be back next episode. Second, we say goodbye to Frank, also known as Dyson Caiocho Bellrock. Instead, we welcome two new players. The first is Nathan, who you may know from our other podcast, World Walkers Cog. Our second is Shannon, who you might know from the podcast Resting Glitchface and Gamers Table. You may also know her as the host of World Talkers, our after show about the World Walkers universe. So, without further ado, let's get into Season 4, Episode 14. So is he the paint? So it's early in the day, and is your character normally an early riser or not? Um, yeah, I think she's. I think she's an early riser. I think she likes to get up and kind of like have her coffee and read the newspaper, sort of thing. Sure, sure. That's what people do in the mornings, right? <laughs> You're playing out of type. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you kind of made your way into the city streets by now, and you see there's a lot of people more excited than normal to head towards the uh, the Museum of Heritage and Arts this morning. Not sure exactly why, but... Uh, so I'm going to uh, kind of walk over to the crowd, and I'm just going to tap on someone's probably, like, their knee, because I'm a gnome, so I'm really short. <laughs> So I'm just going to tap on, like, the side of their knee. Yep. And then they uh, they turn down and they look down at you and they're like, burly type, obviously a, uh, a swole type of adventurer. Oh, perfect. Looks down and finally finds you and he says, yes? Hey, what's going on here? Oh, haven't you heard? Uh, yeah, but pretend like I haven't. There's something wrapped around and ready to engulf the Museum of Heritage and Arts. Oh, cool, cool, cool. If you're looking to make a name for yourself, this is the way to do it. Whoever saves that museum, Curator Matthews is going to have quite a debt to pay, I would imagine. Ah, no, that sounds lame. But then I'm going to go to the museum anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) So he's walking, and then he looks down and sees that you're still walking, and he says, "I see what's going on here." What? What? A team up. The beginnings of a fine adventuring party. You know, now that you mention it, yes, that sounds great. Obviously, you're trustworthy. I just met you on the streets, so (laughs) (laughs) that checks. (laughs) I I won't lie. I I was worried that I was going to have to do this all myself. Oh, no. Me and you, buddy, we can do this together. (laughs) (laughs) So he obviously is able to walk a little faster than you, and you can tell because he was pretending like he was not at a faster pace than you in the moment you joined his party. 
brisk walk. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's leading the way uh, for success and triumph. And once you find yourself in front of the Museum of Heritage and Arts, it is this kind of wild, bulbous, uh, just almost like watery-like substance that looks like at any point it could just collapse and wash away everyone nearby but it's just kind of holding its shape and just kind of I'm gonna touch it I'm just gonna poke it well so well there's a whole crowd around you and there are guards nearby who are like trying to keep everyone away you know trying to keep the peace essentially and uh, your new partner walks up and he's like guards always a trouble. Ain't that the truth? Um, I'll handle this. <laughs> I step back and let him. All right. So he walks up and he says, uh, "Good day, young sir. Good day. What do you think we have here?" And he walks up and shakes the hand, and he has like a pouch in his hand. And the guard says, "Well, nothing. I'm sure you can't handle." <laughs> and he says, "We." We I can't wave handle. to the guard. <laughs> and he, he looks down and he's like, "The guard says." Oh, nice. You have a (laughs) wizard with you. And he's indeed, indeed, most potent wizard, I believe, brought to me by chance, circumstance, and most likely destiny. I'm sure of all those things. (laughs) That's why I said them. Now, when he kind of puffs his chest out, and the guards are like, okay, now, looks like we have somebody who's ready to finally handle whatever this terrible situation is. Have any other adventurers been through? A few, a few. But don't feel good about their success, to be honest. That's fair. I mean, (laughs) they haven't taken care of it yet. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) I bet uh, they're in there taking a short rest right now. (laughs) um, But once he's able to kind of push the crowd a little bit more, he's able to kind of really get a, a look at you. You notice that your new partner, who hasn't even given you his name and not asked for yours... Hasn't really looked at you, right? He's just, mm-hmm, yes. Short, clearly a caster. <laughs> a worthy addition to my party. But this guy trying to get a better look at you. What would he see? Oh, I haven't really <laughs> thought about what she looks like. <laughs> uh, you put me in a corner, Pedro. <laughs> yeah. What, what do gnomes look like? Uh... Short. That's all I need. Yeah. Sh- <gasps> short. Jesus. Purple hair. Can I have purple hair? Awesome. I don't know what gnomes. Sure. Gnome color hairs are legit in this setting. You know, I will be honest. I have not gone through the palette. Well. And figured out which hair. race is. Yeah, I'm a terrible world builder. Yeah. So uh, short purple hair, kind of like sturdy clothes that have been like well-worn, like adventured in basically. Like maybe, I don't know, four levels of adventuring. In. Oh, I mean, like four levels of clothes. Like, <laughs> no. Take off one set of robes. What's under that? It's like uh, Wednesday's robes. <laughs> yes. No, just uh, looks like they've been worn, but it looks like they used to be bright clothes and are no longer. All right. And so, with that, uh, your partner steps up and he walks up and he turns around and he says, I'm sure you're all worried about what this means for the fine city of Janzibar. Worry not. The two of us. He looks down. What's our team name? Do we have like a name? Uh, team, team awesome. Team super awesome. 
looks up. We will get to the bottom of this. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, with that, you both walk forward. You walking in together at the same time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you walk in, and as you enter, you just kind of feel almost welcomed, embraced, and there's a lightness to you as you kind of... I turn to look at my buddy, and I'm like, this is nice, right? It's like almost a scream that turns into a yawn. And he stretches out, and he falls forward, and as he's falling asleep, it looks like, his face hits the steps, and then he just kind of disappears into the ether. Hmm. Didn't expect that to happen. And I mosey along. May you rest in peace, uh, Mr. Carl. Carl. (laughs) Carl. Poor Carl. Carl. <laughs> now, um, here's the problem with that, uh, Vernon, as the focus comes over to you. Mm-hmm. What reason would you have been to have shown up late to this scene? To have shown up late? Yeah. I mean, clearly I was dealing with some other emergency. Right. <laughs> Which, that's what it was. There was a giant cat terrorizing the city. There you go. So you finally arrived on the scene, and you were updated a little bit. You were told that um, some people walked up and just just evaporated. And although there was a group that the curator vouched for, mm-hmm. and they were able to walk in. Hmm. And so those are the only people that have made it in safely? Yeah, and then um, one or two others have tried to go up there, only to just... Right now, um, you hadn't seen any of that, mm-hmm. and this situation was under control until some idiot guard, probably a rookie, mm-hmm. just allowed this to happen. And once <laughs> one more person has essentially evaporated, but then you see this other individual walk in fine, and she looks like she has no web, no real weaponry. No way to protect herself. I have a walking stick. She has a walking... Oh, no real weaponry? <laughs> no way to protect herself? It's a quarter staff, okay? <laughs> um, but the person she was walking with just... Disappeared. And it's up to you. I don't know. As people started to uh, notice your possible fidgeting, what would they say? A man of nearly dwarven proportions, Vernon stands well under six feet, is an incredibly stocky and muscular. He has long flowing golden hair and bright blue eyes. The only thing larger than his physique is his charming smile, a smile that could beguile an elf. Was he a human? He is. is, He's in dwarven proportions, but... (laughs) Well under six feet, I like that one. Well, first I gotta find out which one of my men just let commoners walk through... Yeah, you kind of look around, and you're told that it's a—it's uh, one of the more cocky individuals. His name is uh, Lenny Biscuit Brennan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lenny Biscuit what? Brennan. Brennan. What is nickname? Yeah. The Biscuit. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. He's because he's soft. He's real soft on crime. Mm, okay. Oh has he, he, he probably hasn't been with us long then. Uh, unfortunately, he has, but he's just never under your shift. Okay. Uh then first I will approach him. Um, I don't know. I imagine we probably have a badge or some sort of insignia that we wear. Typically, you can either have it on your shield or you can wear it as a necklace. Yeah, so if it was uh, Lenny the Biscuit, yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would approach him first off and uh, just hold my hand out. 
expecting that he's, you know... He shakes your hand immediately. Oh, pleasure. Uh, no, 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 no. Do I see the money pouch that he took or anything like that? So you look, and it's not proper for guards to be kind of carrying their their pouches and stuff, like, just out in the open. And so he either is disobeying or acquiring. Right. I'll sort of, uh... Sort of just motion to the pouch and hold out my hand again. Oh, do you need a loan? No, but there's no reason for you to have it. How did you come by it? He kind of asks for an intimidate check, essentially, with the kind of uh, shaking he's doing right now. Oh, you got so lucky. It's only an eight. And he still nods and hands it over, but that's all he does. If this weren't so important, I'd ask for your resignation now. <gasps> but we'll talk about this at the barracks later. You're dismissed. Uh, I guess I'm going to go inspect the area. Like They just walked in through the front doors? Yep, they walked right into that kind of bulbous mass. Hmm. Everyone else is really nervous about it, but for some reason you don't you don't find yourself in fear of that bulbous mass. No fear here. So my t-shirt says. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I'll, I'll walk towards the entrance and uh, raise my holy symbol slash shield mm-hmm. and step in. Yep, and the whole crowd gasps, ready to watch you just fall and disappear like everyone else, just about. Mm-hmm. And no, you walk in, that same sensation that I described earlier kind of rushes over you, but you're fine. Once I'm in, if I turn around, can I still see the crowd? Or yep. I mean, so nothing has really changed aside from me. Except for their work. color tones, because you're inside this blue bulbous mass, so okay, it's like looking through that kind of substance right now. Can I still hear the crowd? A bit. Uh, then I will yell, no worries, citizens, I'll be back safe and sound. <laughs> and I'll go further in. You wander in, and the museum, you've been in here before. <laughs> it's its beautiful, and they are, every, it seems like every month they're adding more and more. Right now, Janzibar is a city of adventurers. And it seems like they're really trying to tip the scales almost and bring a a bit more culture into the city. And inside there, you see um, that gnome that walked in earlier. It's just kind of looking around, taking Uh, it all in. I actually look like I'm performing a a ritual. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see her like on the ground. Now, what do you use? Um, I think it looks like it's glow in the dark. Um, (laughs) And I think it's like a stone, like the perfect rock to like skip across water so like that shape and that smoothness uh, but then it's just kind of like a little glow in the dark and but kind of like blue glow in the dark yeah and so like as you walk in she's just actually finishing this and there's like this big burst of light that fills the room and then emerging from, almost from the stone and from the floor Um, And the ruins that were almost on the floor that are now fading away immediately is a being of light. And what is your um, what is your being of light look like? She looks like um, just like the outlines of a person, but in light. Yeah, this kind of like human-esque being of light. (laughs) Yeah. Except for just the outlines. Normally, you know, this is a no casting zone. But I think today can be an exception. Yeah, I don't think whatever's going on here falls under normal circumstances. Did you see my buddy? He just, uh, you know. No one's seen him since you entered. Yeah, I think he died. (laughs) And then suddenly you hear a... (laughs) 
sounds like an explosion coming from one of the hallways. Um, I'm going to draw my sword and run. I'm also going to run. And Hikari and myself also uh, take, a, take a run for it much more slowly. I, I won't just leave her in the dust. She, clearly, she needs protection. What? She's very small. All right. So, everyone, roll initiative. Tristana? I got a 14. Vernon? Seven. Hopscotch? <gasps> I got a four. Oh, you got <laughs> higher than me. Okay. I didn't know the race was so hot. Layla? Three. Not one. Well, we're doing hot. So, Vernon, Tristana, you take off, and as you round the corner, you find that there's a kind of a, a nice long hallway that opens up into a uh, what Vernon would probably know is um, an exhibit about the the heritage of uh, Parleth, kind of long lost situations, if you will. But that's not what concerns you because breaking out of the wall is a huge, monstrous golem-like creature. And it's, it has to be somewhere in the vicinity of 12 feet tall. And it reaches out and it grabs the throat of this uh, dwarf full of plumage. And it <laughs> picks it up and throws it. And it sounds like it, the dwarf goes through several walls. And then it turns its attention towards the other two that are there. It rips out. And then you can see it, it extends one leg and comes out of the hole it's created and finishes emerging from the wall. And it looks and it's kind of looking all over and we'll see who it goes for next. Uh, it brings its focus to Layla. Okay, awesome. Cool. Why are they always <laughs> focusing on me? God damn it. So the first thing it does is it pulls one fist and brings it almost like it's going to backhand you and then instead it shatters the wall next to it and there's a whole bunch of debris that falls to the ground and now its next action is to reach forward and it's trying to uh, basically wrap its massive hand around your neck give me a strength athletics or a dex acrobatics check 14. And so it reaches out and just and it lifts you up with one hand. Ah! You can watch as it picks you up and then it looks like it's getting ready to slam you into the debris that it just created. Tristana. I cast mage armor on myself and you see the clothes that I'm wearing just kind of like glow a little bit. Yeah, and there's just kind of like this brightness that races all along. And it's almost like for half a second, Tristana's clothes kind of like freeze in place for a second and form this kind of uh, armor-like barrier. And then the light fades uh, just as fast as it formed. Did you roll initiative for your uh, summon? Oh, I didn't. I forgot. Um, So their initiative is 20. We'll just give it to him now then. And then... Hikari's turn. I'll tell it. I guess on my turn, I'd also say, Hikari, attack! So she'll do her searing slash. That is a 10. So Hikari kind of like suddenly takes off, and it's almost like watching Hikari just leave traces of light as it runs forward. He, she, they? She. Okay. As she runs forward, and then she 
kind of gets low and then jumps forward and just tries to slash the armor, and it looks like the light just goes right through it. So it looks like it could have connected had maybe Hikari found a better spot, but unfortunately, that did not happen. Poor Hikari. <laughs> and then Vernon. I'm going to uh, step forward and say, for the good of Janzabar and the honor of those around me, Father, guide my blade and uh, activate sacred weapon. So that allows me to add my charisma bonus to my weapon attack. And also as a bonus action, I'm going to cast divine favor, favor uh, which gives me an extra 1d4 to my weapon attack. Yeah, so what does it look like when the uh, weapon, like what is the flavor of your character when it comes to that? Um, well, the sacred weapon just causes the sword to glow actually rather oh, brightly. positive energy. Yeah, yeah, it's a 20 foot radius of bright light and then 20 feet beyond of dim light. Nice. Um, but it does sort of take on a, a bit of a rather than like a white light, sort of a, a golden tint. Alright, yeah, so the area just fills with this golden hue and it almost overpowers <laughs> the light from this uh, new being of light that has come with the small gnome. And after that is Hopscotch. Can I um, move backwards or away from it by like 30 feet and then cast Vicious Mockery? All right. So as soon as you kind of take that step away, it turns and it looks at you. And then it quickly takes Layla and tries to crash her into you. Oh, so God. what your AC is. Wait, so I don't even get to cast my spell? You do, but it gets to interact first. Because you're running away first. I'm a goddamn folk hero. Don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Pedro, I'm telling you this right now. If you kill my character... With my character? (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. What? If you kill my character, it's not going to be good. Ooh. Ooh. I understand. <laughs> All right, so... Like, I seriously didn't understand when you were trying to tell me that if I moved backwards, you were going to, like, it would give them a chance to hit me. Okay, you want to take it back? Because if you didn't understand what disengage was, I'm not going to punish you for not knowing that yet. I know, but I don't want this to, like, mess up the game because we're, like, redoing something because we don't ever redo anything. Okay. Well, I apologize then. It's a critical hit. And then, you know, Vicious Mockery? Sure. <laughs> it's not going to fucking do anything. Oh, I get why you're mad. You thought you could Vicious Mockery. To disengage. That makes more sense. Well, yeah. Like, I didn't just, like, do something dumb on I purpose. <laughs> oh, this. well, then roll it. let's do that real quick, then. What? Did you mean... To back off first? No, no, no. I, I probably just said it wrong. It's okay. We'll get it fixed. So just say what you want to do again. So, yeah, I wanted to cast... Um, so I look at it and I cast a Vicious Mockery and then run back. And it fails. So, yeah, you mouth off at it. And you're not sure if it's going to work because, like, who knows what or how old or anything about this. And it just looks and it's like... And it pulls back a little. And then it takes its swing at you. And it's thrown off whatever you said um, reached past whatever's going on with this thing. Because it, it slams. And Callie, you, or Layla, you can feel it crashes into another wall. 
shatters it, and you can feel that, like, the aftershock of that, but it did not use you to break open that wall. And then after that, it is Layla's turn. I, there's no fucking way I'm going to break out of this probably right now. So instead, I'm going to try to thunder wave my way out of this. <laughs> it actually fails. Fuck Okay, sweet. So that's 10 damage. Yeah, so you find yourself in the fist, and then you grasp your staff with both hands kind of underneath its fist, and then you lean the staff forward and crash it right into its knuckles. And then there's this burst as the thunder wave throws him back into a wall, and you find yourself free. It's uh, it crashes into one of the other walls about 15 feet away. Oh thank God! And then she's gonna back off uh, as much as possible. And I'll uh, I'll bonus action shillelagh for just in case. And then it's a new round, Hikari. Hikari is going to searing. Slash baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, I think so. Uh, that's a 23. Yeah, so Hikari turns and looks, and then there's like this wave of light that's left behind as it runs and jumps into the wall, like the, like the hole that's left in the wall, and goes after him. And then you hear, you see this, uh, this explosion of light race out, and you can feel the confirmation in Hikari when Hikari's finally able to land this hit. I shout to her, Way to go, Hikari! That is 10 damage, 10 fire damage specifically. After that is its turn. You can feel as it pulls its fist back and then lays into Hikari as hard as possible for eight damage. And since you can feel it, there is one thing. Give me a um, perception check. All right, I'm really good at these. Oh my god, I just rolled a one. So then, perfect. um, Perfect. That's four. Unsolved mysteries. Yeah, man. Man, there's something weird about this. I just, I don't, I can't place it. Just can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Yep, Tristana. Oh, that's me. I get to go with my (laughs) real self. All right. (laughs) So, um, I am going to cast. Expedious retreat on myself as um, a bonus action, which means as a bonus action, I can dash. And then I'm going to cast uh, Flaming Sphere as my regular type action. And then Expeditious Retreat. Is that a cantrip? No, it's a first level spell. Here's a fun thing to learn about D&D. It's D&D. D&D. You can only ever cast... A cantrip Ah. as the second spell, even if it's a bonus action. All right. So, all right. I might not take that spell, and I'm definitely not going to do that this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to cast Flame Sphere. Just going to do that. I lost my page now because I was so upset about it. (laughs) Fuck Uh, this. Yeah. Flame sphere, um, a five foot di- diameter sphere of fire appears in an unoccupied space of your choice. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes damage. So I'm gonna place it right next to the creature, and I also have searing mastery, 
So I can choose up to four people for yep. it to not hit. All right. So, <laughs> yep. So the sphere kind of just explodes into existence. And once again, you can see this light. And if you're close enough, you even feel some of the heat coming out of that wall. As a bonus action, you can move the sphere up to 30 feet and ram it into the creature. Oh. To make the saving throw. Then I will do that. <laughs> I only read you can move the sphere up to 30 feet, and I didn't finish reading. <laughs> Though be careful, because we're in a museum and it does ignite flammable objects. Well, you know. <laughs> Collateral damage be damned. Yeah. I'm not from this world. I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone from Enron. <laughs> These are <laughs> first world problems. <laughs> I'm this is my second world. world. My world. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the sphere explodes into existence. And then with just a little bit of your will, you force it to crash into him. Uh, six damage. Fire damage. After that is Vernon. Now I will charge forward and attack. Yeah, so running forward with a wicked, well, not wicked, uh, with a heroic battle cry and uh, swinging the sword. 26 to hit. Nice. <laughs> 17 damage. And as you rush forward and you slam your blade and the light kind of ignites and brings a whole different hue to the area. Uh, give me a perception check. Hmm. Not my strong suit. But, oh shit, I rolled well. 22. Oh, so Shannon's like, I can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I definitely could. You bring your blade against this armored foe mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel right. Like you were, you had braced yourself for the um, almost the bounce back as like metal crash into sure. metal. It just doesn't feel like you're hitting metal. Like the the blade didn't bounce back. Hmm. You do feel like you hit it, and you felt like you hit something hard. It's hmm. just it's something something feels off about it. Okay, hopscotch. But the- <laughs> oh, it's eating. Let me wait till she's done chewing. <laughs> she takes a bite. <laughs> I have this theory. What? You could do your round and then finish eating. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Sorry. Theory. A game theory. All right. <laughs> um, then I would like to cast Hideous Laughter onto the suit of armor. All right. I feel like a suit of armor doesn't have a very good wisdom score. Hey, I've known plenty of suits of armor in my day that have been plenty wise. It turns and looks at you, and then it just starts to giggle. <laughs> it's the first time you've heard it make any noise. It's Is it just like, like the rattling of the No, armor? no, it's oh. like you hear like a... <laughs> you hear like a light-hearted giggle that kind of start the belly of its armor and then rises up and it sounds almost childlike. It seems very happy. I don't want to kill a kid. Yeah, that <laughs> got, got really weird really quick, didn't it? <laughs> and then it doesn't fall to the ground but it does seem like it's uh, taken the full brunt of the spell's effect. And then after that is Layla. No, I believe Laughter. If I hit it, it that one does make it, let it make another wisdom save. 
Yeah, because this that thing is going to laugh for a minute, right? Unless it passes. Unless, the... yeah, but it gets like a thing every turn. I think every time we hit it, it gets saved too. If, yeah. yeah, it gets an advantage if you hit it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I am going to turn into a bear. <laughs> you watch as Layla kind of like almost falls over and then it looks like she's going to catch herself with her palms and then it's just like thump and <laughs> it just takes the form of a bear immediately feeling a little little stronger now she'll she'll make her way over towards it alright it's a new round and it is Hikari's turn Hikari fight <laughs> <laughs> ooh that's a 19 plus whatever 24 that is it it's 11 fire damage. So Hikari leans forward and just it's like this, it brings this like slashing motion and once again, like this time it connects and the whole area fills with this light and it looks down at you and it's like it, it giggles start to die out. The armor starts to shake almost like it's filling with rage. And it's its turn. Yeah, it starts like crashing into the ground its fist starts to crash into the ground over and over like it's like almost like throwing a tantrum and then it throws two wild swings both of which Hikari is able to easily anticipate and dodge and then it just it's looking back and forth at everyone just filled with like this terrible anger and then it is Tristana's turn I'm just going to grab some of the rubble and cast Magic Stone on three different pebbles. And then for my action, I'm going to throw it. Uh, that's probably a 17-ish. Ish. <laughs> probably a 17-ish? Uh, yeah. Looks like it's probably going to miss. <laughs> it's actually a 17. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, might have hit. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you take some of the rubble, you scoop down. And as you pick it up, it kind of just starts to get laced with arcane runes and then sink in. And then you hurl it, and it flies way better than maybe some of the others thought was going to happen with this little gnome throwing this little (laughs) piece of debris. But, it looks uh, really cool. <laughs> it, <laughs> but unfortunately, as cool as it looked, it looked cool up until it went past it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it went further. You thought that I'd have a tiny little throw, but it went further than huh, expected. Really, it was just to show him what I'm made of. <laughs> it's, it's actually an intimidation, an intimidation tactic. Vernon. So, hmm. Well, it is on the attack again. Damn. I don't think... Fuck it, I'm not prepared to think. I guess I'm going to attack. Thirty. So you bring your blade, crash into it, and when you do, all of the armor kind of like, looks like it's going to explode apart, but it only moves maybe a couple inches from each other, but in a very quick fashion. Like, it's like, and then it holds... And then all of the armor shifts and starts to quake, and the pieces fly off and down the room past Layla. And uh, well, away from Layla, they fly past Hopscotch and then just rebuild themselves where you first expected to find it. Hmm. And then it just just stands there as this imposing, terrible figure. 
what's left behind is this kind of bulbous, watery at times, but sometimes almost a cloud-like substance. It kind of slowly expands until it's about 20 feet in diameter, and it's got this kind of like almost welcoming presence at times as there's all kinds of shapes and colors that you, you can almost find and interpret whatever you want by looking into it. And then it looks at Vernon and it shakes and then it just, from the core, there's an explosion of like reds and blacks and deep angry colors. So it races, yeah, it races past you and Hikari and then it races past um, Layla. Uh, I guess opportunity attack? Is that cool? Bear? What's bear? Opportunity attack. Let's find out. That's fucking shit. Nope. That's a good yeah, nine to so hit. So you just kind of raise up. Moops. <laughs> and it flies. <laughs> it flies as fast as it can, barreling at hopscotch. And then as soon as it slams into hopscotch, it explodes in pinks and purples and just wraps around them. And it explodes in these like pinks and purples. And it feels like you're being hugged or possibly thanked. And then it pours off of you back into those blacks and reds and then races down the hallway away, away from all of you. I should have tickled it instead of stabbing it. <laughs> I have body autonomy, okay? Oh. <laughs> well, I guess it touched me without my permission. <laughs> Don't want your fucking hugs. Huh. I'm so glad that, that they were fulfilled with this hug, but... Alright, so yeah, it races away, and you're all left with uh, nothing but... Confusion? Confusion, yeah. Barely, Layla just like sits down on her butt and just like scratches her head. Why did it sound like a child when it laughed? Mm-hmm. Why did it hug you? Two reasons. One, clearly because hopscotch made it happy. Two, because it's fucking hopscotch. Well, yeah, everybody <laughs> likes me, so. Uh, I'm going to dismiss Hikari. Yeah, yeah. And come Hikari, Hikari turns and looks at you and just just fades into light. That Hi, buddy. Mommy, no. Um. So, like, Dyson's dead then, I guess, right? Well, you look through the walls and you don't see Dyson. Uh, you think he's gone? Well, yeah. I, I do not see the plumage. But that just means he just. What is this plumage? Just mean. <laughs> you, said, you said that when I first came in that I saw a dwarf with plumage. Like, are we talking like a peacock? That's, that's whatever well, fucking. Yeah, with his chest hair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. He, he, oh, that was Frankie's character, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yes. he had many a yeah. lady. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, it was. It's exactly or it. He, he <laughs> says, many a lady. I don't. Uh, we never saw. Yeah, what a surprise. Success. We saw no success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, been banned from a bar. Well, that's that's gross. <laughs> it's like Austin Powers chest hair, right, yeah, pretty much. Right. It's awful. Hey guys, thanks for helping us out with that. Me, me and my buddy here. Yeah. Uh, and I turn to look at Vernon. Yeah how how did you all get in here? I mean, we just walked in. I mean, yeah, like we're we're like official um, professional adventurers. Are you the ones the curator well. vouched for? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Mr. Matthews. Totally. And you are? Oh, hi, I'm Tristana. Lovely Kay. to meet you. I'm Layla. <laughs> why, why do you have a weird thing that disappeared? That was kind of weird. Oh, that's Hikari. Hey, Hikari, you want to come back and I start no, the No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I do it anyway. These ruins of light kind of quickly race around the floor and then Hikari bursts into light. The area fills with this brightness. And Hikari stands. Hey, Hikari, this is... And I, I, I gesture. I'm trying to get introductions. I'm like, this is... and I, uh, I'm Vernon Bigelow, captain of the guard. Oh, yeah, our, our buddy Vernon. Bigelow. <laughs> Vernon, this is Hikari. Hikari, this is Vernon. And you? And I, I gesture to Hopscotch. That's Hopscotch. Surely you know who I am. And Hikari just nods, nods, nods her head like, well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Even Hikari's heard of Hopscotch. I stage whisper. <laughs> who is this? <laughs> yeah, Hikari just looks at you like, come on. So I am Hopscotch, a folk hero. <laughs> you call yourself a folk hero? That's the best introduction. <laughs> I'm your folk hero. Okay, Hopscotch, this is Hikari. Hikari's already ho- heard of you, Hopscotch, so, you know. Well, No yeah. introductions needed. Wow. And, uh... I think I remember... Okay, okay, now, now I'm getting the... See, I thought I was just um, having a hangover, but apparently Probably. this vanished thing is real. Okay, so never experienced this sober. New for me. You don't smell it's a, sober. Well, you know, it grows on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and I kind of scratch my head. And this is, and I point to um, Layla. Layla. Oh, yeah. Layla's cool. Layla, Hikari. Hikari, <laughs> Layla. Thank you for the validation. And well, I'm Tristana. How I don't did... remember if I said that yet. So, so, wait. You asked how we got in here. I mean, we know how we got in here. How did you mm-hmm. get in here? Walked in. I followed Tristana. Where are you from? Are you... Are, are you Dreamwalkers? Oh. Are we what? I'm, if you don't know what that is, then that's a... That's yeah, no. sign a pack, make a promise, you uh, become this thing, then mm-hmm. you don't fall asleep when you try to walk into this museum. Oh, well, I did that. I didn't fall asleep. Wait, he fell asleep? I thought he died. Well, I guess we don't <laughs> Oh, really maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, things are, it's up for interpretation. It seems like they fell asleep. Hopefully they didn't die. Well, outside the building, his body just disappeared. That doesn't mean anything. They could have just... <laughs> transported perhaps we don't know yet let's still get into the bottom of things i mean i don't know what the heck that thing was that was weird so you you all came in after this shell formed on the building yes we heard about this we had run into the curator and he told us of the predicament and asked for a bit of our help hmm. so here we are. We've uh, we've gotten at least one person out of here, but we have yeah. yet to see any others. And uh, I guess uh, one of our party members is dead, so you guys want to volunteer? 
Oh, well, that's... <laughs> we have an opening. Yeah, I mean, you, you both deal with, like, nice people. Uh, I, 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 mean, shake, I shake Hopscotch's hand and I say, I can, definitely. Uh, yeah, Sorry I, about your loss. I can be on board with this. I, I mean, we could use the help. Come on, Ernie. No, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm here to help. I just don't... There's so many unanswered questions. Yes, just, well... Just roll with it, man. It's going to be all right. Uh, I'm going to travel through the broken parts of the wall to see if I can recover the corpse. So you walk through a uh, couple areas of breakage, Mm -hmm. and after about the third wall, you look down, and all you can find is kind of this scattering of uh, ginger hair. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to collect that. Was, no, you don't know where that's, where that's been. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing Frankie, I have a pretty good feeling I do know where that's from. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is this the first uh, encounter that you've had here? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was... I, I got birthed by a tree. Well, he's talking about here, Hopscotch. Oh, not, yeah. Not well, I just before. I just want you to know that this is a pattern. I mean, uh, he's very hung tree up on as- this. after birth, um, felt up by some paint. Yeah, that was a thing. It's, there was uh, some paint thing in the yeah. other room. Oh, yeah. Very strange. And now there was. Oh, coffee. yeah. How much have you had to drink? Um, how long we've we been in here? <laughs> <laughs> I want to investigate the area that the the suit of armor came from because it burst like it coolated through a wall, right? Yep. Yeah, I want to go. <laughs> I, I want to oh, go yeah. look that way. So, give me an invest an intelligence investigation mm. check. Maybe I should have said I'd like to go perceive the area that it came from. <laughs> I want to become aware. I mean, it's a three. <laughs> There's a hole in the yes, wall. Yes, sure is. It gets darker the farther you go. There's a hole in the wall. That's probably why. Mm. Great. But you said the angry colors flew off further into the museum? Well, I imagine we need to go that direction yep. to find a little more answer, hopefully. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if that thing was... Ba- was it bad? It didn't attack you, Hopscotch. That's very strange. I, I, that's open for interpretation. Well, <laughs> I suppose, sure. How Scotch was the only one that was nice to it, right? Was I thought it's, he, a, it's yeah. supposed to be an attack. I mean, I realize that I'm a bard, but these are my attacks. But you made it laugh. <laughs> you did make it giggle, I suppose, but... You called it a bad name, and then you made it you, laugh. You hurt its feelings, <laughs> and then you made it laugh. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Yeah, look, I mean, it, yeah, we are here to do a job, so we should probably, you know, try to go after it so people stop disappearing when they want well, to come to the museum. Well, yes, yeah, we're going like, to continue on. How long has this shell been on the building? Just today, yeah? Just today, yeah. Okay. Early morning. While I was saving the city from the giant cat. Um, <laughs> God damn. Well, I suppose right, we well, should again, continue on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep an eye out for weird colorful things and anything coming through fucking walls, I guess now. All right. So you're all moving along. Yeah. Are there any other exhibits that are like notable that could be used aggressively? 
Can we use aggressively? I mean, they took the suit of armor. Is there another area full of armor or weapons or anything that we should worry about? So you know of two other wings. Okay. Um, There's the art wing. Okay. I think we were down that way. But Hopscotch said he was molested by pain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hopscotch, this is just a theme for Hopscotch, just getting unwarrantedly touched. Famous famous musicians, this is a, it just comes with the territory. Oh no. (laughs) Being groped. Pretty sure that's part of the reason they get into music. And then this is the heritage wing. That's full of racists. What? What? (laughs) It's... It's a heritage <laughs> wing. That's coded. It's coded. <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> I mean that checks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, the only the other wing left is the history wing. I think we should take a long rest. <laughs> I don't think we should take a long rest in here. I don't know if that's a good idea. Wait, so it's a toy. I mean, it's. We've already been attacked. I don't... I suppose, I'm just worried to fall asleep in a place that keeps disappearing I, I, people who go to sleep. I check my wrist uh, <laughs> like there's something on it, and I say, <laughs> It's 10 a.m. You want to go to bed? <laughs> we just took a nap, Hopscotch. He's been drinking since this I morning. Can't, what, what good is a bard that can't inspire? Uh, you're plenty inspiring, and I pat him on the back. Vernon and uh, Tristana, uh, you do notice that the group does look a, a little uh, worse for wear. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, their their calls for resting might be valid. So here's the question, then. There has to be some sort of offices for administrative purposes. I would Let's hold ourselves so. up in the office if you need to rest. All right. Do you? Uh, I've, you said you're from here. Do you know where they might be? We haven't exactly. I don't think we've found them, have we? Well, I would like to say yes, but I don't know if P's going to. No, allow that's that. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yes, um, they're just down this hall near the restrooms. That's what's crazy is that uh, hopscotch of it uh, hasn't become a. Uh, for those that don't know, it's from another continent. Hopscotch is from Kendis, mm-hmm. and you've still heard <laughs> of hopscotch. Just the nursery rhymes my mother sang to me were from a house scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why when they say we're not from here, you're beginning to suspect that they're both from Kendis, the other continent. Hmm. It's a long way to travel to just Because the alternative away. would be like that they're actually from some other world, which would be crazy. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, totally crazy. Yeah, so taking your time, you're able to navigate them safely towards the administration offices. Um it's pretty nice in here. This must be Curator Matthew's office. And there are plenty of books that look uh, rather dusty, except for one small shelf that has a lot of uh, art books, let's say. They look like they're really just the equivalent of graphic novels. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of his uh, book is a, a lot of his books are academic in nature. This little section seems to be illustrated. Uh, <laughs> Stories. This is pornography. No, what? <laughs> hmm. <sighs> I'm gonna there's... grab one and start reading. I'm gonna grab volume one and start reading. Yep. And so you start flipping through, kind of uh, just taking in some of the literature, quote unquote, that's in there. 
Um, there are several uh, black and white robes, the same ones that some of you saw Curator Matthews in earlier, mm-hmm. that he keeps on hand just in case. And you begin a nice, sorely needed for some long rest. Maybe about an uh, two hours into that long rest, there is a pretty interesting discovery, however. Mm-mm. Okay. Story of Hopscotch. Inside the graphic novel. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god. Um, so I look at uh, Hikari because she's still out. I'm like, oh, hopscotch! She just kind of nods at you. See, that's the end. That's that's my parents' end where my story begins. Um, so I'm kind of reading these stories, but I'm also uh jotting down in in my own little book about our adventure so far but it probably didn't take very long because it was just a single (laughs) fight (laughs) but maybe also like taking notes on like i'm adventuring with the great hopscotch and (laughs) putting some of his tales in there too all right and so given about six hours of a good solid rest whether you sleep or just collect yourself uh you find yourselves refreshed during our rest can we like sort of? I don't want to like toss the office and fuck it all up for the guy, but can we like go through his stuff? Because you know, yeah. quite often, I mean, he he might be behind all of this, right? Like, all right, give me a solid investigation check. I would rather perceive the area, or uh, even you pers- don't find any hidden traps. Oh, hey, well, that's actually a good investigation, though. I got a sixteen. <laughs> Never mind, I do roll investigation. <laughs> <laughs> You look through, you try to dig up anything you can, and there's only one thing that you can find. There is a secret compartment inside his desk. Mm -hmm. You're able to pull up the false bottom of one of the drawers, Mm -hmm. and it's a thick, old book full of parchment. It's got uh, leather bindings, and there's no markings on the cover. Ooh, mm. gimme, gimme, gimme! Can anybody detect magic? <laughs> I actually just prepared that over our last long rest. How? How? Let's let's make sure that we don't explode if we open it. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll uh, detect magic. You have to like, I I, I just picture Vernon because I'm like, ooh, gimme, gimme, gimme! I just picture Vernon doing that thing where he puts his palm on my head. <laughs> Because I'm so tiny and I can't reach. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would just hold it above your head, like how I do my kids. Just don't get the zebra cakes now. Yep, so you watch as Layla closes her eyes, takes a moment, and when she opens them again, there's just like this pulse of magical energy. Do I see anything magical no, around? No, it's all good. Well, seems all right. Well... Have at it. Explosive roots. No, well, you know what? I, I tried. If, no, I, if it didn't work, it didn't work. If it doesn't, it's fine. And I'm reading. So you open up and you find some of the most detailed, impressive, exquisite drawings you've ever seen of his own face. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, yeah. And Layla kind of looks over your shoulder and seems to not be as impressed or tickled by this. Is that bad? These are pretty good. I mean, vanity is always bad, but... 
Well, it's not all just his face. He's got uh, he's got other pages in there, but that's the first page. Okay. Interesting. But they're all drawings. Yep. All drawings, incredibly detailed, almost as close to like realistic as you could probably get. As as high quality a drawing as realistic as you've ever seen. And on the following pages, there are detailed drawing sketches of the clothing that he wears. Um, and then after a couple pages, you see another breakdown, and it is of an impressive-looking fighter, like another adventure that you might know in the area. And, yeah, just everything from the weaponry to the clothing to the details of the person's face. And then, Is it someone from the area? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Is this person missing? Well... You look and you don't really... At first, you don't recognize him. And then Tristana looks over... Like, Tristana's looking over. I don't know if she's going to make a face or not, but she knows him. She, at least she knew him. Oh. This morning. Oh. <laughs> it's that guy. Hey, this is my buddy. Look, yeah. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. Uh, I want to add, like, little notes like anything that can be improved on the drawing. <laughs> Damn. I'm just going to add little notes with an arrow. Yeah. Just trying to help. Maybe shade this a little better. <laughs> Nose needs to be more round. So I'm going to flip through all the way to the end and look at the last drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Go ahead. The last drawing, it's definitely detailed, but it it doesn't look, uh, for be- lack of a better term, photorealistic. It's just a, a beautiful artistic rendering of... It's kind of hard to tell, and maybe it's not important that you know, but they have this kind of soft gray skin. They have a warmth to them, and they have this kind of a beautiful clothing that... It's kind of hard to describe because it's robes and it's hard for you to, it's hard to pin down and you're not supposed to be able to pin down anything more than just the fact that there's, there's these beautiful purple, uh, royal purple colors to it and then these like soft dark blues and the person is sitting there in a rocking chair long, elegant fingers, that soft, smooth, almost perfect gray skin, these large, um, large, warm eyes, but with no pupils, and they are holding in their arms a smaller, beautiful baby, but also with gray skin, wrapped up in a blanket, and it looks like this it looks like this person is holding this small uh, baby with all the warmth and caring of a parent. Uh, Layla, you had a bit of a look of recognition. Oh, or was I, I misreading her <clears throat> expression? Uh, a bit. I, I believe I've seen this person before, yes. Okay. I've never seen anything like this person before. I've seen someone similar to this, but I don't believe it's my place to say much more now. When or where would be your place to say more? Well, it's not my business. 
nor is it yours. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ye- I think what Vernie here is trying to say is it might have something to do with what's going yeah, on don't, here. I, th- I think it is sort of our business because we're uh, in this dangerous situation. Well, it's someone else's secret. I don't know if it's really pertinent to this. I don't... Well, we wouldn't know until we've all found out the secret, right? Yeah, Layla kind of looks over to Hopscotch. Well, I mean, he did say to not say anything. Who said? <laughs> Sorry, I know what you're talking about. I trust you. But this person won't anymore. <laughs> what person? I don't know. I don't even know. The person know with this- the secret. I don't know uh. who this person is. All right. Well, only because we are in here and this is weird things happening. Mm-hmm. Well, you already know this, Hopscotch. I don't. I'm waiting. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what Yeah, happened. this sounds really interesting. Well, I'm not sure if... No, I'm, a, I'm not sure exactly who they are, but we saw... Well... Curator Matthews looks like them, mm-hmm. actually. I think... What? I've met Curator Matthews before, yeah? Oh, yeah, many times. Well, he doesn't look like that, does he? No. No. Look, there's something Oh, different. like in the other thing. Curator Matthews yes, looks place. like Remember? the picture in the front. Oh, right? like nothing duck feet. What did you say? Okay. <laughs> duck, duck feet. feet. Oh, <laughs> like, duck feet. Yeah, like, like... That clicked. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, you know, someone... Had a great idea yes. and had some duck feet for a little bit, and that's what you're talking about, right? I like the idea that now that's just a phrase. Like oh, duck feet. Whenever, whenever something clicks, you're just like, oh, oh duck feet. Duck feet. Yeah. yeah. It's your Eureka. You know, it's amazing because you're sober, but it's just like talking to a drunk at my job. I am a folk hero. <laughs> I am a folk hero. There's your t-shirt. Well, I am a folk hero. Um, Do I? I Am I like on the right path? Like that's what you're insinuating? Sort of. Oh, well then I don't know. I mean, it was, that's where we saw them like (laughs) that. That was where we saw them like that. But. Duck feet is where you saw them like that. Sure. There's more than one person. Does Nathan not listen to the podcast? Does he not know what she's talking about? No, this is all new to me. The whole dream shit and everything is all new to, well, Vernon. Um, do I, as, like, do I know what a doppelganger is? Does would Layla know what a uh, doppelganger you is? You could roll an arcana check. Sure, I'll try I it. had a doppelganger once. I didn't, I didn't wake up for three days. Yeah, you would know as well. You'd well, be familiar. All right. I look, didn't know if they had them on the world side. I think on. now, this is why I want to, because, you know, there are certain, I think, what's the word? Doppelganger. Yes, that is what... <laughs> There are certain connotations with them, and I didn't want to bring that upon Curator Matthews, but I believe he is a doppelganger, and that is why he has such detailed drawings, so that he can, you know, look like... Oh man, you just outed Curator Matthews? What a jerk move. (laughs) Well, you know, this is why I did not say... (laughs) She did say it was none of my business and all of his business. I wonder if this is his wife. I would assume either his wife or mother or something. I give I give the drawing five stars. Like in the bottom corner, I write five stars. 
Look, this is why I'm not sure if it's really relevant. I don't know what this has to do with. It's okay. I rated it, and I closed the book, and I put it back in the desk. I'm sure he will be very it's okay. I rated it. Very Perfect. happy to find that you have desecrated his. I didn't desecrate him. I only I just gave him some encouragement. Improvements. I'm sure that's how he'll find it. And encouragement. So wait, is he the paint? Is he the paint? He's what the, the hell paint. is going no, on here? But, not... like, he's a doppelganger. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I don't well, someone think... please explain to me paint? what's happening. Has to be the name of the episode, I think. <laughs> oh, wait, so I'm trying paint. to understand this. Why, 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 if you're looking in a book, do you know that he's a doppelganger? I don't understand. I don't know sure, that he's sure. a doppelganger because so, of the book. I know. <laughs> go ahead and uh, anyone who wants to can roll, like, um... 21. I know he's not Ooh. paint. 19. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. I think he might be paint. I'm not sure. Can I take my passive wisdom? Oh, wait, I don't have passive wisdom. Um. You only have aggressive wisdom. <laughs> passive wisdom. Um, I got a seven. I think, that's, I think that checks out right now. <laughs> wait, so he's a paint? So he's a paint. Well, I mean, I I just I'll just follow you guys wherever you go. I'm I'm long for the ride, so I don't know what's going on. That's very apparent, my dear. So raise your hand if you got a fifteen. All right. So if it's something that did not occur to you already, this discussion has uh, helped you put together <laughs> the idea that. It's most likely, except for the last page, it's a collection. I think someone might have mentioned this before. It's, it seems to be a collection of faces that this doppelganger can shift back and forth into. Mm-hmm. So the next time I see that man, it's not actually that man. The question is, you're able to deduce that these are faces that he has studied quite well, mm-hmm. and can shift into as needed. Right? It only it would then create the question. Why does he need to shift into anybody besides? Well, clearly because he's a criminal. Well, I mean. (laughs) Why would anybody have to hide their identity? Yeah, so. Vernie, don't be such a racist. (laughs) It also creates the question of, is there actually a Curator Matthews somewhere? Like, is he Curator Matthews or are there two? It just leaves you with more questions, essentially. Maybe we're all Curator Matthews in our (laughs) heart. (laughs) After a nice long rest, you feel yourselves refreshed. Well, uh, do you feel rested up enough, Hopscotch? Sure. I'm good. All right. Well, I suppose we could meander on down to find that color thing. No, you go first. The Hall of History. What? What? Why am I going first? What's the... I don't know. I'm not. I'll lead the way. I'll go first. Oh. <laughs> Me and um, Vernie go first. You can walk by my side if you will. <laughs> yeah. I need a spotter. <laughs> a spotter? <laughs> so you said the Hall of History? Yeah. The, the uh, History Wing, yeah. That yeah that, we haven't been down that one yet. Okay. <laughs> you look upset. <laughs> Just nervous about the things we'll find there. Mm-hmm. Don't look wounded. I'm excited about it, and I go, I march boldly. History's where they keep all the stories. This is going to be great. 
Alright, so <clears throat> you begin to make your way through the history wing. And as you do, you can see this this particular wing is rich with the anecdotes and the uh, kind of the laying out of the past of Menroth. So depending on what your interests are, you could spend your time here learning about um, the rise of the Olynthian Empire, for instance, the Elvish Empire that rose up and pretty much dominates the uh, the forest of Olythias and keeps the two parts of the continent from coming together. Nathan, you seem upset. I'm not interested in that at all. <laughs> oh, okay. It's too and soon. Too soon. <laughs> As you progress further and further, eventually, I'm still, like taking notes on everything. Yeah, yeah, and at any point, if you guys want to split off and go study something, let me know. But so far, it seems like it's a dedicated path marching forward. Eventually, you find yourselves before the Origins exhibit, where it talks about the theories and the understandings and the truths that have been unveiled about the actual origins of the world of Menroth. Again, like the other ones, a huge, round, expansive room with uh, smaller little exhibits that you can kind of pace around and learn and discover. I'm still kind of interested in this origin story. I'll take a, a few extra seconds. Like, I was in the front and just, like, writing as I go, and then, like, I kind of, like, veer off a little so that I'm at the end and have to run to catch up. Yeah, so as you take your time to kind of explore this wing, you're able to get something of an overview of what historians believe is the origin of Menroth. And what you learn is, first off, they only know up to a point. Like, the true actual origins of Menroth depending on how far back you want to go, are lost because the world of Menroth, as far back as we can go, is a world that was consumed in flames. There were various um, creatures known as... Um, they don't have an exact translation, and you'll, you'll find out in a, in a second, but they scurried and ripped and raced across the surface, torturing and destroying anything on this surface that wasn't like them. And they ran him. There's whatever history occurred before then is probably lost. So as far as anyone understands, in ancient times, the world was absolutely dominated by these creatures. And the leader, they were bound together by one essence, this the most powerful of the creatures before them was simply known as the demon. The entire world was dominated up until the various races that had been scattered and sent underground began to unite. The gnomes were the first to reach out and forge an alliance with yeah. the other races. <laughs> um, which included the humans, the dwarves, the elves, and the halflings. Each race was able to kind of bring something that the other races did not have. And they managed, when working together, to discover a way to reach out to the Elder Spirits, which are the power, like, the dominant elementals of the world. 
And that's something that really speaks to Tristana because the elder spirits are something that you have too on your world. The four most primal, powerful essences of the world. The, uh, these four elder spirits are what make the world exist. And when you summon, when you bring forth Hikari, you're bringing forth one of the, essentially one of the children of the Elder Spirits. You might really be caught up in this part. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And I, I wave Hikari over. I'm like, Hikari, come check this out. <laughs> yeah, and Hikari just speeds over to you. Um, the Elder Spirits were summoned to drive back the darkness and restore the world. They were able to summon almost infinite armies comprised of earth, fire, wind, and water, which, again, might be a little interesting for you, Tristana, because that's not the four elder spirits of your world. They were used to eradicate all of the lesser creatures under the demon's control, and then they were able to banish the demon itself knew the lands. I high-five Hikari, because I feel <laughs> like, uh, you know, connected. <laughs> and then they use the they use their power to make the lands habitable and safe once again. And then, once the demon was banished, that's when things took a turn for the worse, because once they were banished, the elves betrayed the other races. They were the only ones that could speak to the elder spirits. The only one they were the only ones that knew the language necessary to reach out to them. And they bound the elder spirits to the royal bloodline of the Elven kingdoms. They seized control and they attempted to place themselves as the new dominant people of Menroth. And they would have succeeded if not for the gnomes who were able to seal the elemental armies in the forest of Alithius. The, el the elder spirits still serve the elves, but they're bound from the forest. And anyone who's from Parleth would know that the elves cannot reach outside of their kingdom, but until now, there's a decent chance you didn't know why. So, unable to spread their armies beyond their own kingdom, the elves remain all but imprisoned. The elves can leave, but their power, their kingdom, cannot. They cannot stretch their sovereignty. Well, that's just rude. I say to Hikari. <laughs> Go over to the elven exhibit and read there. I, I, well, I feel like it kind of... This story led us to that story, yeah. Mm -hmm. The royal kingdom of the elves of Alithius were, although confined, extremely powerful. That is until one day when the people of Alithius rose up and felt like the kingdoms of Alithius were ruled by the royal bloodline, right? And they couldn't extend their kingdoms past the borders of the forest of Alithius, right? The people of Alithius realized that the only reason they couldn't extend past the forests is because the royal order refused to do so without the might of their elemental armies. There's nothing stopping the elves from leaving, right? It's just that the royal order 
wouldn't do so unless they had absolute control and power of their elementals. It was at some point that a resistance was formed in order to overthrow the royal bloodlines and then finally push Alithius into a new age. Those who were in the resistance snuck through, found their way in, and assassinated the entirety of the royal bloodline. Knowing that the attacks were coming just in time, the last of the royal bloodline were able to sneak out the prince, who at that time was just a baby. The child was sent out of the forest of Alithius, and for all anyone knew, that was it. The elemental armies could not be summoned, and so finally Alithius could start to grow and build, not as a warlike kingdom waiting to expand, but instead as an actual democracy that could find itself and discover itself through peace. And then one day, unbeknownst to anyone, the Prince of Alithius arrived. And once he did, he took over. He had soul and infinite control over the elemental armies of the Elder Spirits, and since then has absolutely ruled and kept any attempts at expansion completely sealed within the forest of Alithius, as far as anyone knows. That seems like something he would do. So was that Nathan's character? No. That... no. Uh, we tra- we did travel with him in a previous game. Mm. He was an old friend. That was his character. Huh. Yeah. There's a bit about each of the uh, races if you want to explore more. I want to check out the gnomes, man. The gnomes, their contribution to the kind of the um, liberation of the world is that they were the first to tug at the threads of reality and learn how to tie the knots that allow for magic. Their whole, like they were the first ones to understand that reality has rules. And we can break them. Their discoveries led to the understanding of magic. And everything in the arcane is built off of their um, their creation, their ingenuity. So they were the ones that reached out to the races. They were the bound them together. And because of their expertise in the fields of the arcane, they were the ones that prepared for the elves' inevitable betrayal and sealed them in their forests. I just nodded to myself and I was like, yeah, that checks. <laughs> Gnomes They're are all, on top of it. Their focus on the the threads of reality is also what led them to establish the city of Hobsbawne across the sea on the continent of Kendis. And the the gnomes of Hobsbawne take it upon themselves to become what's known as the history keepers. They record the events of history in their books. Whatever they write down becomes sealed, becomes true history, in the same way that everybody has a true name, a name that speaks to the essence of their reality and cannot be changed. Because of that, 
Any sort of manipulation of time is impossible on Menra, because whatever they write down happens no matter what. Oh man, we need some of those on Obrimos. Um, alright, so... On to the next room. Yeah. I, well, this is the last big room. It's just these little exhibits on the races and then like this beautiful epic painting. What's in the painting? I, oh yeah, the painting. Um, so yeah, Vernon, you kind of walk forward and you take a look and the large mural in front of you shows a world on fire. There are people far below, almost out of the painting's view, tortured or enslaved, towering above them all, feeding off the pain, the suffering, and the flames, is a creature wrapped in leathery red skin. The wings stretch, consuming the canvas, they seem to be made of stretched skin, stitched together from other creatures. The eyes of the creature burn with hatred, but also with glee as it looks at what it's done. Then... The eyes look at you. Thanks for listening to Season 4, Episode 14. So, is he the paint? Thanks again to our patrons who make all of this possible. And if you want to help out, obviously I'm not going to complain if you become a patron, but we'll might help just as much as if you help us get the word out about world walkers let someone know who you think might enjoy the podcast retweet us whatever you feel comfortable with getting the word out is one of the best things you can do for us so thank you thanks to the musicians for contributing their music to this episode you can find links to their work in the show notes and thanks also to sirenscape for providing the sound effects in this episode I'm just going to tap on, like, the side of their knee. Yep. And then they, uh, they turn down, they look Sorry, down Sorry, Nathan. Like, Tigger, get over here. It's cool. Hold Tigger on, likes me. What can I do? He jumped up on the table and sat on Nathan's book. That's why we don't let the cat in here. Well, it's that or... No, no. I'm, I mean, you know, during more civilized yeah. conversation. We're going to listen to cat fights all <laughs> night if we don't. Come over here. Hi, wait a second. Typical cat. <laughs> you just want that sprite, don't you? Sorry, Shannon, what you're saying is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like it's not Jess. <laughs> oh, she knows. She's, she's an instigator. Layla and Hopscotch, can you both describe your characters? Um, my character is an elf. She's a little bit older looking one of one. She's got like curly dark brown hair um she's wearing like a dark blue dress and a kind of purplish blue little travel cloak with it and then holding a kind of gnarled wood looking staff with her as well so i i am hopscotch uh, i'm a human bard um mostly drunk all the time. I think that my blood alcohol level is, you know, I've created a nice baseline for myself that I'm always <laughs> at. <laughs> um, but I am a full hero. So there's that. Uh, yeah. You probably heard of uh, Hopscotch possibly. Yeah. You, you, you're probably thinking like, man, that dude's cool. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I have not played 
a caster. So, like, the flaming sphere keeps going as long as I keep concentrating. Yes. Yep. If you cast um, another concentration spell, or you somehow lose your concentration, the spell goes away. Yep. Okay. You can cast other spells, they just can't have the concentration tag on them. Yeah. Right. And they cannot, they have to be cantrips. Yeah. Oh, they do? Oh, they can only no, be I'm just you better quit fucking wrong, Pedro. Wait, what? That's I, new. I wouldn't be Jesus. surprised. Making my character, I forgot that um, if you're not playing a rogue, then <laughs> strength matters, and you can't just, like, put everything in decks and, oh, I use finesse <laughs> weapons. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the things we learn. The things we learn, yeah. How many times have you played D&D before this? I forget. A like lot. Twice? Oh, More. 5e? 5e? Yeah, like... Oh. Pl- pl- enough times I should know the rules. I ran it no. for, like, several months. <laughs> and I don't know the rules. The rules for running it are way different than when you're playing. Yeah, I've only played it, like, two or three times. But I, I, I ran it for a long time, and so that's why I feel like I should know the rules better than I do. I, I mess up all the time. Like, I get super self-conscious about it sometimes where I'm like, wow, and I know this. And yeah, it, we're past the point. Like, when you're a kid, you want to sit down and just study the book and learn everything about it. Mm-hmm. And then the older you get, especially as a GM, the more it's like, it's a reference document. Like, uh-huh. you kind of settle into the way you want to play. And then you refer to the rules when you really feel like you have to, or someone calls you on your BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, we would never. 